Jump open to Ephesians chapter 6 um, on your, in your paper versions, in your electronic versions. I will um, jump in there in just a moment. Um, Megs, are you ready to fire up shortly too? Fired. fired. You're not fired. <laughs> but fired up, good. Um, I, I just want to kind of headline a few things and then we've got some prophetic stuff that we want to do and then we'll kind of see what happens um, in a moment. Um, Ephesians chapter 6. Now, this is a really, really familiar passage. And what I want to headline this with is, actually, let me just read from Ephesians 6 firstly, because that will set the context for us. So Paul talking to the church at Ephesus. Now, keep in mind that the church at Ephesus was a church that had conquered an entire city. So this isn't, wasn't just this little, you know, cute, cutesy little church somewhere in the community that was doing some good stuff. Like this was a church that had actually conquered an entire city. And you can see the, the kind of cataclysmic moment where that happened in Acts chapter 19, where there is this confrontation between the, the powers of the enemy and the kingdom of God. And um, it ends up in this massive occultish... Uh, um, I'm saying this wrong. I was going to say a cultish burning ritual, but what, what I meant by that was all the people, like the city was given over completely to the occult, and they brought all of their witchcraft paraphernalia into the center of the city, and they bonfired the whole lot, um, and the whole city essentially turned to Jesus. Uh, Acts chapter 19 is where that happened, and seriously, it is one of the most one of the most significant breakthrough moments in the book of Acts. There's many, but that one is incredibly significant, where a whole city that was given to the occult turns around. And one of the reasons I love the book of Ephesians is it's, it's a book to a bunch of people that are already victorious, that already know what the power of kingdom and breakthrough is like. And so the exhortations that Paul gives that church um, are both powerful and incredibly insightful. And Ephesians 6 is a passage that many of us will know. It's the passage about the armour of God. And this is, and he talking to a church that has conquered the city says, hey, by the way, don't forget to put your armour on because the enemy's prowling around and he's doing stuff and you need to be awake to what he is trying to do. That, that's my summary. Now let me read this to you. Um, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our battle is, or our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. And then he goes through the, uh, the, the, um, the armour, which is actually pieces of armour from the Roman army. Um, but he brings it into a kingdom context. Um, where I want to start is, so he says, put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. That word schemes in the Greek is the word methodia, where we would get our word methods from. So he says, put on the full armour of God so that you may be able to take your stand against the devil's methods or the devil's strategies. Now, mixed up in the definition of that word in the Greek is the, cons is the idea that his methods are crafty and deceptive. In other words, I mean, the devil's name means accuser. And we know that right from the beginning, he, um, you know, back in Genesis 
where the fall happens, we know that you know, the serpent was crafty, it says. And it's that craftiness that is kind of embedded in that word. Now, he says to a church that has conquered a city, hey, you need to be able to take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, Paul said in one of his other letters, he said, we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. So what I want to just do for a couple of minutes is just kind of shine some light on what we collectively are feeling are some of the enemy's devices right now, not so that we can focus on them. We're going to deal with that one in a moment. So Paul said, I'm not ignorant of the devil's schemes, but he also said, I don't focus on them. So we're not to focus on them, but we're also not to be unaware. We're not to be ignorant about them. And one of the things that we are both seeing and feeling really clearly in spirit right now is there is this ploy of the enemy. The enemy wants us overwhelmed right now. Okay, he wants us overwhelmed with what is going on in the world. He wants us overwhelmed with health. He wants us overwhelmed with you know, potential world war. He wants us overwhelmed with a pandemic that just doesn't seem to let up. Um, you know, and I know in a number of your workplaces, you're probably still facing at least you know, 15 to 20% of your workforce are not there on any given day. And everyone's just trying to keep up. And you know, in our house, kids are doing school from home again um, a little bit last week and this week because there's not enough teachers to, to staff the school. Like, the stuff is just, it's like, how long? How long are we doing this for? I remember, you know, way back in March of whatever year that was, how long ago? 2020, when we're thinking, okay, hopefully this will just be a few weeks and then we'll be back to normal. Yeah, well, that didn't work out so well. But, um, but there's this thing of, you know, come on, you know, is it over yet? Are we done yet? Are we done yet? Are we done yet? Yet the idea of it being done is like, but then we go back to what things were like and that feels exhausting as well. So it's got us in this kind of, he wants to keep us in this overwhelmed state with all this different stuff that's going on in the world. And then if we feel overwhelmed, one of the best ways to protect ourselves against overwhelm is to dissociate is essentially just to shut down, to shut it all out and just go, that's too hard, don't want to think about that. Now, if we do that, we actually agree with the device of the enemy or with the strategy or a methodia of the enemy. And what this dissociative shutdown thing does is it puts this sleepy wet blanket over, this whole, uh, over all of us and it makes breakthrough really, really hard. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but we were doing some battle in worship today. And what we're battling is, even, right, even in this room with, among us, is this sleepy, wet blanket thing. And I, I want to talk to that a little bit more in just a second. Um, because it is, it is really important that we watch what we agree with right now. Really, really important. Like we are in a battle zone. We are in a war zone. Yeah, it's happening in the, in the natural, in the world, with the potential of it spilling wider. But in the spirit, the heavens are really violent right now and are really kind of, um, I don't know what, I don't even know what the, what the word is. It's just like, man, it's thick. It's warry. It's very, it's violent. And if we are not on our guard, we are going to come into agreement with some stuff we don't want to agree with and we're going to get our hindies kicked by the enemy and kind of go, what the hell just happened there? All the time, we were actually agreeing with it. So 
what he says, he says, take on the full armour of God um, so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. That was that word, methodia. So for our struggle, and that word struggle, it's a unique word. It literally means hand-to-hand combat. It's not like this, you know, scud missile, long-range thing. that The word is actually close, like really intense um, hand-to-hand combat. This is in close proximity. So our struggle, our hand-to-hand combat is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, authorities, and against the powers of this dark world. Um, If you understand those words in the Greek, they are directly referring to occultish powers. So the city of Ephesus, as I said, was given over to the occult. And um, they were very familiar in dark black magic and all of that kind of stuff. And the words that are used there are referring directly to that. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. So one of the key things I want to say to us today, one of the key things that we need to do that is so important in this season is we have to stand our ground in the spirit. We have to stand our ground. Now, what do I mean by that? Um, I don't think any of us are kind of thinking, you know what, yeah, that ground, yeah, no, I think I might just give that over to the enemy. I really don't care about that. I don't think anyone's up to, I don't think anyone's doing that. I don't think we're kind of going, yeah, actually, enemy, I'm, I'm a bit over this kind of part of my life. You can have it. I don't think anyone's doing that, yeah? Where, where we do give up ground is when we accept something that is less than what the kingdom promises as normal and go, oh, that's just the way it is. We've talked about this a bit this year. When we accept fear and anxiety, it's, oh, well, that's, that's pretty normal right now. And because it kind of creeps up on us over a couple of years, it just becomes normal and familiar. And yet right now, I really feel like the Spirit's wanting to kind of... You know, Hebrews 4 says that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides even to the, the, the division between soul and spirit. And I feel like there is this, this sword of the Spirit. And that, the word for the word word, where it's the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And the Word of God is living and active. It's not the word logos. So it's not actually talking about Scripture. It's the word rima. It's talking about a prophetically inspired Word of God. So when God speaks something and it is declared, it is that that cuts deep. And I feel like the word of the Lord needs to go out today and actually cut in between light and dark, in between deception and truth, because there is is deception that we have come under that is causing us to give up ground. Now, those of you who are in hubs um, and, and heard last week's hub chat, one of the things I've been really feeling is this is a season where God is calling us up. Like he's actually kind of getting in our face in the most loving possible way and saying, come on, you know, you've got more than this. You know, what, what, what you're up to right now, what you're doing right now, there's more in you than what you're doing right now. And we're battling this tired thing. We're battling this, this sleepy wet blanket thing and thinking, you know, maybe I, just, maybe I just need to go to sleep. And it would be so, so stinking easy to do. Okay, we're there, you know, we are right in the thick of fighting this thing right now. And look, I don't, I don't, know, um, I don't know what happened. All I know is the last two or three times we've been together, it's been really, really hard work. The first couple of times we were together this year, it was like, oh my gosh, open heaven. And then something changed. 
Can't tell you exactly what it is. I can just tell you it when because it feels really different now than it did the first two times we got together. And this is, I'm just, I want to throw it out there. We are a team. It's not just the worship team that are doing the worship thing. We are a worship team and a worshiping community together. And we need to actually work this stuff through together. Now, if it is really, really hard work, it means we're all individually battling stuff. But some, like when we're battling stuff, and, you know, people come around and are strong. It's kind of like, it, it kind of goes. But the times when it gets really hard to break through is when there are agreements in us with what's going on, with what the enemy's wanting to do. In other words, there are agreements in us with this sleepy wet blanket thing. And no matter what a Viv or a Jen or a Deb or a Megan who gets up here and exhorts and exhorts and exhorts, nothing's going to shift if we stay in agreement with what we're currently in agreement with. Now, Viv said it today, she said, I can only take you so far. This is not in my notes. I'm flying blind. Let's just see where we end up, okay? (laughs) What happens up here can only take us so far. And somewhere, every single one of us has to make a choice. What am I going to agree with right now? Now, there are numerous ways that we agree. This is not just a cognitive thing. We make agreements not just by what we think, we make agreements by what we say, but we also make agreements with our physical posture. Why do you think the Psalms, if you go through the Psalms, you'll see so many times, clap your hands, sing, dance for joy, like it actually addresses our physical posture. Okay, I'm going to push the envelope a little because I'm going to go on holidays for a month. may come back to a church of three, but that's okay. Like, we'll work with that. Love you guys. But I really, I'm, just, I, I'm just feeling this thing of the Father saying, come on, come on. Like, he, he's calling us up. He's not pointing down and going, wrong, you're doing bad. He's actually going, he's actually pointing to the goal that's in us and saying, come on, come on out, come on up. After about 20 minutes, three quarters of the room sitting down. What are you agreeing with? Now, sometimes we're going deep. So I get that. I'm not saying everyone who's sitting down is missing it or anything. Like Sometimes we're going deep. Sometimes we're flat on the floor. Sometimes you know, God's touching stuff and it's actually difficult to stay standing. I get that. But that's not just what's going on in the room. That's, you know what, after about 20 minutes, I think I'm done. And all I'm going to say to that in the most loving possible way is heaven is so going to suck. Because I've got to say, it's not done in 20 minutes up there. And we're actually training for that down here. What we do and what we choose down here determines some of what we experience up there. I don't have time to establish that one right now. That's a, that's a big subject, but there is such a thing as reward in heaven. Which means what we choose, this whole idea of everything is just going to be equal. and what, no, 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 there is a difference of reward in heaven depending on what we choose here. Why would Jesus say, don't build up treasure on earth, but build up treasure in heaven, if there wasn't a choice that we made that made a difference on the other side? I am so far off my notes, it is crazy. And I only had about five, things, five words written down. It wasn't a lot, but I'm way off that. But I, wanna, I, I, just, I, I couldn't help through worship. I just feel this thing of the Father kind of going, come on, come on, come on. And I wouldn't actually be a decent leader if I didn't sometimes say to us as a congregation, come on. 
There's more in us than what we're doing right now. We're agreeing with some stuff that's keeping a sleepy wet blanket on us and it's making it really hard. But it doesn't matter what we do up the front. I mean, it helps what we do up front. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not abdicating our responsibility. We've got a role and a responsibility to play too. Um, because if we're not going there, it's a whole lot harder for you to. But we got to, we've got to break out of agreement with this wet blanket thing, this sleepy thing that just says it's all too hard, I'm too tired, and go, no, 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 come on, soul, bless the Lord. You know, when David said, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, it sounds like it's this worshipful thing, but he's actually speaking to himself. He's actually saying to his own soul, come on, soul, get up and worship the Lord. This is what we call the sacrifice of praise. One of my favourite... Um, one of my favourite sayings that I came out with very early in my ministry life and my father was in the room and just laughed at it and kept on throwing it back at me um, was, a sacrifice isn't a sacrifice unless it's a sacrifice. I know that's deep and profound, right? Like it's just, that's just one of the most profound things you'll hear coming from me. But a sacrifice isn't a sacrifice unless it's a sacrifice. It's like saying blue is not blue unless it's blue. It's like, it's that profound. Well, I mean, if the blue is green, then hey, who am I to judge? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, Jen, I don't like. We we obviously do this a lot, but yeah, there are weeks where we turn up and we we don't feel like it. <laughs> Sometimes we we get this. We we do not lack compassion or understanding for the. I'm just not feeling it right now. But as I said in the hub chat, and I've said a number of times before, how you show up and whether you show up matters. Because what, what every individual in the room chooses affects every other individual in the room, because we're a body, we're a family, and each affects the other. And I want to challenge us to, even in our physical posture, watch what you agree with. The, the scripture that I opened the year with from Isaiah 60 was, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It says, darkness covers the earth, deep darkness is over the people, but the Lord will arise upon you. Then it says, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. That word rising is like, some versions say the brightness of your dawn, um, but it, it, the word is essentially the brightness of your awakening. So what God has been speaking to us is the, the direct polar opposite to this sleepy thing. Because what he's speaking is, Wakey, 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 wakey. I, I don't know if you realise this, but the world's a bit of a mess right now. And it actually needs us. It actually needs us to stand up. It actually needs us to take a stand. So Paul says to the Ephesian church, now I'm almost back to my notes. Put on the full armour of God so that you can stand and not only stand, but then after you've done everything, you're still standing. In other words, we need to be aware of the devil's schemes. And that's why I just want to shine a really, really big light on them right now. This sleepy, wet blanket thing. And if you come into the room and go, oh, yeah, worship just feels a bit sleepy. And it's like, yeah, what are you going to do? There's only so much we can do. Yes, so good. Um. Now, what I don't want us to do, what I don't want us to do is now focus on, oh, is that sleepy wet blanket here? Is, that, is it there? Is it there? Is it there? 
Because whatever you focus on increases. <laughs> sleepy. Did I say sweepy? You said it. Okay. Sweepy. Sleepy. What we want to do is lift our eyes and start seeing him high and exalted, high and lifted up and believe it or not, particularly unfazed and unstressed about what's happening in the world right now because it's all under his feet. One simple, gone. It's not hard for him. And one quick little thing on agreement and that is when you're, if your only source of intel of what's going on is the news, you're, you're being fed lies, okay? You are, you are being fed a certain narrative and pictures that will fit that. And even Proverbs says, when you hear something, it seems right to you until you hear the other side of the story. Proverbs, somewhere around 15, if someone can, someone can find that and tell me the actual address, because again, this is not in my notes. Um, it, it essentially says that you know, what you hear sounds right to you until you then hear the other side of the story. And what you're hearing through the media is a narrative that is filtered. And therefore, if you get your idea of what's going on in the world just from the news, you're going, you are being lied to. All I'm saying is we need to get our perspective on what's going on in the world from the voice of God and from what he says and from what he is doing, first and foremost. Now, it doesn't mean don't watch the news or whatever. It just means watch it with a filter. Watch it with the understanding that there's a narrative being sold that is probably not all true. You're wondering if I'm saying, is Putin a good guy? No, I'm not saying that at all. Just, I don't know. If someone's going, is there a conspiracy? Is there? No, 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 I'm not going there. I'm just going. To, the media is very, very filtered and has an agenda that is not the kingdom and therefore wants to tell you things to increase fear to, and that will not feed you well. If you feed yourself on what God is doing, what God is saying, you will stand your ground. But like I said, one of the things that when, I, when we say stand our ground, like I said, none of us are just kind of going, here, let me sign this over to the enemy. But what we may do inadvertently is just accept something that's normal than less, that's less than what the kingdom promises us. And that's what we've got to watch out for. Do not give up ground right now. Okay, do not give up ground right now. Now, I want to go to Revelation chapter one. I don't want to get our eyes on him. And then, Megs, do you want to get ready to... Have you got a microphone? There. Revelation chapter 1. So this is John. This is the John. You know, the disciple of Jesus. He has known his fair share of persecution, difficulty, trouble. And he was... Because he says in verse 9, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. Hello. He, he kind of, because he ended up dying a martyr's death being boiled in a pot of oil. It was something like that. Was, is, that was, John died not well. Not, it wasn't pleasant anyway. Um, so he knew what suffering was like. Now he says, um, Verse 10, on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. So he's on the Isle of Patmos. He's been exiled there because he was too dangerous um, 
to the political forces of the day and they thought, let's just put him on an island all by himself. That way he can't do much other than you know, write a book that, just, that every Christian in the world will read until the end of days. That didn't work out so well. Um, he said, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches in Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned... I saw seven golden lampstands. I want you to, like, those of you who are visual, I really want you to go there right now, okay? This is what John saw. This is who John saw. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool and white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace and his voice was like the sound of many rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. Now I want to read the next part out of the Passion because I love the way it says it in the Passion. Verse 17, when I saw him, I fell down at his feet, good as dead, but he laid his right hand on me. And I love this. It says, I heard his reassuring voice saying, don't yield to fear. I am the beginning and the end, the living one. I was dead, but now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys that unlock death and the unseen world. Now, Talking to John, I want you to write what you have seen, what is and what comes after the things that I revealed to you. We need to be not ignorant of what the enemy is doing, but that's not our focus. Our focus is on the one whose eyes are burning like fire, whose feet are like this glowing bronze, glowing in a fire, and the voice like the roar of many rushing waters. That's where our focus is. When we start getting overwhelmed and start going, whoa, it's because our eyes are at the wrong level. Our eyes are here and they just need to go like this. And when we look at the burning one, we start to burn. We don't have to conjure that up. We don't have to work that up. We just look into the eyes of the burning one and we catch fire ourselves. And that fire spreads. And as we do that, all the things I talked about in the hub chat last week of that, that homothumidon, that one in heart and mind with a fiery passion or that people with the same fire, they come together because we've all been gazing at the one whose eyes are like, burning, are like a blazing fire. And we come, we bring our fires together. And all of a sudden, the atmosphere shifts to be like the kingdom instead of like the earth. And all of a sudden, we don't feel so overwhelmed anymore because we've connected and we've seen the one who has the keys of death in Hades, whose tongue is like a sharp double-edged sword. And one, and victory is done. Do you want to tell us about the picture that you had during the week, Megs? The whole lot. Um, yeah, on Friday we had intercession and uh, with intercession we worshipped for quite a while beforehand and during worship, here's what happened for me. 
I was standing worshipping and I saw what was like a demon, like right here in my face, just off to the side, but like yeah. more, more in front. <laughs> he was really getting up into my face and he was trying to intimidate me. Um, he was making faces at me and like staring at me and I'd like to say that's normal for me, but no, <laughs> I don't see demons like that all the time. It's, yes, be aware of children. Um, anyway, <laughs> so my first instinct when you see something that is not pleasant and might be a little bit um, scary is to turn away um, because he's right there in my face and I just felt all I wanted to do was go like this and just worship over that way. But I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit straight away to stand my ground and to stay facing forward. So I stood my ground and I kept worshipping. The more I worshipped, the less intimidated I felt. And then I felt to lift up my eyes. So from where I was worshipping here, I just like went, okay, so I can't turn. Let's just go up, shall we? So I lifted my eyes. And as I did, I saw God. He was right there and he was huge, like really huge, like huge. It was then that I saw God's massive foot poised above this enemy that was trying to intimidate me and get up in my face. God was about to literally crush him and he had no idea. Kind of made me smile during worship. There was then a part in the song that said, we're standing on your faithfulness. So I asked God, what does it actually mean to stand on your faithfulness? And as I said that, the ground where I was standing shot up into the air really high until I was face to face with that massive God whose foot was about to crush this stupid thing that was getting my face. From there, from there the enemy actually looked pretty ridiculous and completely insignificant to, compared to God and his massive foot that was about to crush this guy. My feeling was that when we stand on the faithfulness of God, he lifts us up above the snake line. There is a place in spirit where you get to be lifted up by his faithfulness that is above where the enemy can touch you. It is above it. Above it. We get to see things from his perspective in that high place and everything changes when we see things like he does. The enemy wants to get up in our face in this season so that all we can see is him. Don't turn from your course. Tim stole my staff. Don't turn from your course. Lift up your eyes. Fix them on Jesus and stay the course. I so feel like in this season we have to stay the course. It is not a time to veer. We have to stay the course. We must draw a line in the sand and stand our ground in this season. Fear will be diminished. God is how do you say that? Strategically positioning each person for a specific person. I actually saw him take hold of everyone in I sixty one and position you exactly where you need to be for this season. It's being he's being really specific. The earth needs you and the anointing that you carry. And I'm talking to every single one of you individually. There is an anointing that you carry and a gifting from God that is on your life that nobody else on the planet has. And we need you in this season. The earth needs you. 
and the anointing you carry to rise up and shine and release what you have to join the bride with combat boots on. And I felt like he said, if not now, when? The time is now. It is now to take your stand and to release what you have. As I was up in that high place, standing on the faithfulness of God, I could actually see in the heavenlies. I could see the third heaven. Let me just explain. First heaven, earth. Second heaven, where angels and demons reside and battle goes on. Third heaven is heaven, where Jesus is Lord, the throne room, all of that awesomeness. So I could see the heavenlies. I could see the third heaven and the second heaven. I could see in the second heaven the clash between angels and demons going on. It was brutal. I have never seen fighting like that. It was actually brutal. I felt to keep worshipping. As I stood and worshipped God, declaring out his goodness, I could see it affecting the battles. It was making a difference. The demons were getting distracted and agitated by the worship and the angels were getting empowered. It was like the sounds of our worship came alive in the second heaven and became tangible weapons for the angels. They were riding on our worship. I could then see all of heaven in the third heaven joining in with the worship. They were actually standing on the edge like getting up there and just worshipping so intentionally because they knew what their worship was doing on a level that we haven't experienced yet. They knew what was going on and they were joining in and it was incredible. I feel like as we worship through the battle with our sacrifice of praise, there will be alignment with heaven. Our sacrifice of praise is going to be a huge weapon in the hand of God in this season. What we decree out loud makes a huge difference and is so important right now. What you agree with and what we loose and bind on earth will be a key in this season. So I want to encourage you where the enemy previously has kept you quiet and has silenced you, now's the time to open your mouth and start decreeing the goodness of God Everywhere you go, through your house, in the bathroom, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, in the car, start speaking it out because it is going to shift things in the second heaven. It is going to release things in that battle that you have not experienced yet, that we haven't even caught a glimpse of yet. But it's going to be through your praise and it's going to be through your decreeing of the goodness of God out loud. The end. Almost the end. So, intimidation getting right in the face. Very large foot of Jesus above, just above head of said intimidation, ready to go splat. Now, if, all you can, if your eyes are here and all you can see is that thing, you get intimidated. Lift your eyes a couple of inches, the whole picture changes. And what you will have faith for will be determined simply by the direction of your eyes. Whatever you're looking at looks really big. Now, we are in a season right now where a lot is being exposed. Okay, we're seeing it everywhere. And what this means, I mean, this has had implications in lots of places. Let me just simply say, let's never, ever judge another church whose imperfection is different than our imperfection. Enough said. 
in a season where stuff is being exposed, for a lot of us personally, what's happening is stuff that in previous seasons we could kind of keep a lid on and could keep it under the surface and just kind of get on with life and kind of keep that shoved over there. We can't keep the lid on it anymore. It's coming up and it's getting in our face. That's actually the work of the Holy Spirit, bringing stuff to the surface so that he can heal it. But the enemy wants to jump in on that and accuse you in the middle of it. And what it's really critical is what are you, as, as your stuff is getting exposed, as your brokenness, as your pain is getting exposed and it's coming to the surface, what you agree with in that moment is really, really key. And part of the reason I want to let you know what's going on is because if you don't know that's what's going on, all you know is you just feel like crap. But if you have been feeling like crap, I'm telling you, there is a work of the Holy Spirit right now that's bringing exposure to stuff and bringing stuff to the surface. And the enemy brings up stuff to accuse you. God brings up stuff to heal you. And it's God that's bringing this up, not the enemy. The enemy's just trying to hijack it. So what you come into agree with right now over your house, over your marriage, over your relationships with your kids, your relationships with your friends, all of those things, what you agree with and align with right now is really, really critical. Because if you make the wrong alignment, you give the enemy legal authority to come in and take you out. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. This is not a season to give ground because this is actually going to be the season that establishes you in, in victory over the battle. You've thought, no, nah, that'll never change. No, nah, that's just the way I am. That's just the way my marriage is. That's just the way my house is. That's just the way my work is or my relationship is. No, it's not. That's aligning with something that's less than the kingdom. And then, if it's another person that's hurt us, watch what you align with and agree with about them. Because the moment we judge another person, we give permission for a spirit called Leviathan to come in and twist and turn and twist everything. And then we start looking for evidence that, that um, fits with what we believe to be true. And all of a sudden, we're hooked without even knowing it. Watch out for that right now. We're in a war zone. We're in a battle zone. But you know what? A good fight is one that you win. I have no intention of losing this. Oh, boy. We are going to start getting used to the sound of chains hitting the ground. You are going to get used to, start to, to feeling a whole lot lighter than you do right now. You are going to get used to seeing things so much clearer than you ever have before. But it has to start with what are you going to choose? What are you going to align with? No one can do that for you. Not even Jesus could get breakthrough among a bunch of people that chose to be offended at him and overly familiar with him. I'm talking about Nazareth, where they took offense at him and just said, oh, isn't his mother, isn't his brothers here? And he couldn't do much stuff there, it says. <laughs> so even the Son of God was shut down in his ability to bring breakthrough to people by the alignments of the people in the room. That was Jesus. So what we align with is powerful. Did you want to give that individual word? I'm going to do that right now. And then we're going to, I'm going to pray for us and we're going to worship. Um, we, we've got a chance to practice this.
waza. Sup. Um, I alluded to this a few weeks ago at our hub group. And <laughs> and I said to you then, I feel like there's more. And you were like, yes. And I said, let me brew on it a bit and I'll get back to you. The moment is now. Uh, what I saw over you, just, I might repeat a little bit. Um, a new prophetic mantle falling on you. You've been riding the wave. You've now landed in a new place. You may feel a bit lost, but you are exactly where God needs you to be. Come on. It's time to explore, to be bold, and to step out. You've been upgraded to a twin turbo, 5.0 litre V8 engine, and yes, I looked that up. <laughs> it's time to take it for a spin. God wants you to take this for a spin. Allow God to expand your view on what you thought was possible because there's more. Isaiah 54.2 Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Do not be moved. Do not be afraid. You will, be put, you will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth. God is healing you from past shame, from past humiliation. He is washing it off you. And what you thought you could never come back from, this is your comeback moment. This is your greatest comeback. And it's now. It's starting it now. It's already happened. You've ridden the wave. You set in motion before you knew what he was doing. You said yes. And he said, this is going to be your greatest comeback ever. There are pieces of your puzzle that didn't seem to fit, but God is about to put them together. There are going to be suddenly moments when things will start to make sense and come together in ways you didn't expect. The assault on your family <laughs> is going to end. Come on. I see a huge turnaround in your family. I see new alignment, a huge shift, and I see restoration over your family. And Michelle, your intercession heart is going to shift. There is a huge shift for you in intercession where you're going to be standing in the gap, where you're going to be on your knees and you're not going to fully understand it, but he's got you in that. And you don't have to understand it with your mind because he's working in a different way. He's doing a new thing in you and it's going to feel different, but my goodness, it's going to impact the heavenlies more than you realise. I feel like he's going to be answering your heart's cry. Even a heart's cry you didn't even know you had. But he knows. And he's going to answer that. He's doing a new thing. Bless you guys. Yeah, come on. Now, we are going to land this plane um, in worship. It's not going to crash. <laughs> no, no, we need to take the seatbelts off. Because what I want us to do, we're going to just, for a couple of minutes, we're just going to practice this. And that is, we're going to make an alignment not only with our mouth but with our bodies because when we worship spirit, soul and body in alignment is what is powerful yeah so let's stand right now I'm going to pray for us and then we're just going to spend a couple of minutes in worship and making some declarations of who God is that will help us lift our eyes 
and will align with the greatest truth and the greatest reality. And the greatest truth and reality is who God is. So Jesus, we bless you and we declare that you are high and lifted up, that you are the one with the burning, blazing eyes. You are the one whose voice is like the sound of many rushing waters. And Lord, we lift our eyes above all of the stuff, above all the stuff where the enemy would love us to be overwhelmed and anxious and fearful. And we lift our eyes and we see You who is high above it all and has everything, everything under Your feet. And Your feet are not small. (laughs) Your feet are not small. And Father, for every person right now who, who feels like their stuff is being exposed, it's like the hood's been pulled back and you can see everything that's in there and I don't like what I'm seeing. God, I speak grace for that journey. I declare shame off you in Jesus' Name. I declare there is no shame in His Kingdom and you can bring your stuff. You don't have to push your stuff aside and come to Him. Bring it with you and then hand it over because He wants to take it. He paid a price for it. He's already paid for it. Now He wants to come collect it. And right now, Father, we choose our alignment. In spirit, soul and body, we choose to align with Your greatness, with Your Lordship, with Your majesty. We lift up Your Name above all all of it. You are higher, you are greater, and there is none like you. There is none like you. Let's sing. Come on, let's worship. Shall return.